He didn't show any emotion. He doesn't give a shit. You just let a fucking monster back out on the street. I'm just waiting for him to kill again. Hey guys, and welcome back to Talk Murder to Me. Are you guys excited to listen to a new episode? Because we're excited to record one. I agree. I'm very excited. It's uh, it's been a while. It's been <sighs> yeah, like a almost two weeks. Yep, two weeks since we've recorded together. Two weeks. Sorry, sorry. Where have you been, Jen? I've been all over the place. Like. Really? <laughs> really? That's, that's what you're going with is your answer, huh? <laughs> oh well, I spent the past two days in an airport. Um, oh, like on that Tom Hanks movie? Yeah, except like <laughs> not like that. Oh. Um, I went back home for 10 days, 11 days it turned into, but 10 were planned. Yesterday was not. Today was not. Um, but it was a good trip. I got to see a, a lot of friends. Um, are they better friends than we are? I mean, who do you like more, you them or ask, us? You can't ask me that. That's not fair. That's not a fair question. We're not allowed to talk about so friends. It's, it's them. No, we're not allowed to talk about friends. So it's not them. It's us. <laughs> I love you guys all. <laughs> love all my you're friends. You're making this. He's purposely making I this know. difficult. Yeah, so. you're you're making things very awkward. Um. So tonight's hint was brother. So tonight's drink. Um. We did some research. There's not many drinks that have the word brother in He's them. He's not heavy. He's my brother. So I found a drink called. The Almond Brother, like as an Almond Brothers, get it? <laughs> oh, that is funny. Um, so we modified it just a little bit to, um, you know, suit our needs and what we could find. So it is per drink. Uh, so it's two shots, or, or this actually, well, this made a big batch. So think, mm, get with mm, it. It's one shot vodka, half shot amaretto. Um, some Oregat almond syrup. Uh, what is that? Um, it's just it's like a syrup, like a simple syrup, but almond flavored. Oh, so we could like use that in coffee, like to make a fancy coffee. You drink. could, yeah, you could. But it's like it's more of like it's really just like liquid sugar, but with oh. almond. Oh. So it's not like a creamer type thing. Well, no, I know what syrup is. Like yeah, chocolate syrup. You know what they don't. But have it's down not. Here? It's not. Yeah. You know what they don't have down here? Huh? Coffee syrup. They don't have huh. coffee milk down here. And that's really sad. Didn't think about it. You know, but most places, if you ask for coffee milk, they'll give you coffee and milk. They don't give you coffee milk. What's coffee milk? Well, See? just co- like, why do you put anything in coffee if you like the way coffee no, tastes? No, no, It's milk. It's it's coffee flavored milk. It's, it's, like, coffee cho- syrup. it's like chocolate milk, but coffee, coffee. flavored. Like it's, to, it's like coffee drink. ice cream. They ha- they it's have a, stuff like it's that. The state drink of Rhode Island. Hmm. They have a drink. Mm-hmm. Well, that's lame. Rhode Island's really small. I'm it still is. not it's done telling state. about this drink. Oh yeah, sorry. Peach juice and lime juice. Mm-hmm. Um and, and so you know I don't really know exactly what the proportions of those other last three ingredient items are. I just did it and enough until it tasted good so ooh, i like that it tastes like um 
It tastes like one of those. Oh wow, that's um, so good. Peach cocktails with um, cherry. You know what I'm talking about? Like the Del Monte. Yeah, cups. it tastes like cherries. So how I well, um, Desirono's cherry. So I use the Oregat to make mai tais. That was my mom's like secret oh. ingredient to a mai tai recipe. So you do pineapple, orange juice, rum, and Oregat. And that makes the best my time. Well, it's not a secret anymore. Well, or that's out of the bag. The five fans that listen to us will know how to make but it. But, Mom, you do have the best Mai Tai recipe. <laughs> that's where the inspiration of this comes I don't think I've ever had a Mai Tai. Oh, it's so good. Delicious. I we'll used to d- find a reason to have that. I used to do Muay Thai. We can do, like, Muay Thai? Not Muay Thai. Tuesdays. That's a reason to have a Mai Tai. <clears throat> Oh, it feels good to bang the bongos again. Surprise shots. Surprise shots. You don't know what they are because they're a surprise. There you go, Jen. I want to get you a stand. Like, Are we going to get you like really big bongos when we... Maybe when we make some money. Yeah. I saw some nice bongos at the music store the other day. Yeah? Yeah. They were 100 bucks. I was like, well, that's not that bad, is it? No. We saw but, those I mean, really cute ones. At but do you really want to give up the time. parking lot bongos? I would never give up the parking lot bongos. No, they're, they are. What know, if we signature. get the parking lot bongos painted with their logo and stuff? No, they are what they are. Okay, let's do the shot. Here's. Wait, let's smell it. Something we've had. Before. Oh, what? Sorry. I know what this is. It's, it's whiskey. Take the shot. Isn't it whiskey? Take the shot. This is Jack uh, Honey. Nope. It's Jack Daniels. Crown ugh, Royal. Crown, Damn. Sorry. We're, we're running out of options. We need to start buying nips for these. We have literally a cabinet full of liquor. I know, but we drank all, all of it. We drank all of it? I we, mean, yeah, there's nothing new. Holy shit. Speaking of which, hey, please join our Patreon page. By the time you hear this episode... All right, so, all right, let me tell you guys, I love our fans, and so does Jen Nicole. Yes. I may love them a little more, but, you That's know. That's rude. Okay. We all love our fans. So, we don't want to just sell you a bunch of crap, but we have to get the podcast at least. Breaking even. Breaking even, because we have server calls from Amazon, and we have liquor calls, stuff like that. So oh, We have a lot of liquor costs. Yeah, we have I a lot have of. I have a grad yeah. school budget, and I can't yeah. spend my entire paycheck on alcohol yeah just only three quarters of it and we have regular jobs we're not superstars so we're making a patreon page and we were we we're looking at everyone else's and they were charging like 10 20 bucks they've got different a lot of tears yeah you know? we're only going to do one dollar but with that one dollar because we don't want we, we want to build a community so we want it to be like a social media page where you can come talk to us directly we're always going to be admins on there so we can um, respond and you can ask questions. We'll also do um, exclusive content. exclusive content, which includes episodes that aren't going to be on iTunes and will never be on iTunes. And then we'll even take suggestions from you guys. If you guys want to hear a certain story or us to do something or maybe try to get a special guest like a uh, forensic psychiatrist or whatever, we'll try our best to get them. And sorry to interrupt you, but John got the email working again. So if you need to reach oh, out shoot. to us... Jen at talkmurder.com. Yeah, Just it works. message me, and uh, I will message you back. Just yeah. no dick pics, please. So the 
Well, you can send those to John at talkmer.com. <laughs> <laughs> the Patreon page. So it's a dollar. We we want I mean, a dollar is nothing. We want to build most, a community with you guys because you guys are really loyal fans. That's what we're finding out. And most podcasts have at least yeah. you know five dollars to get some exclusive content. So, so just a dollar. Patreon.com slash talkmurder. Get started today. By the time you hear this, we'll have some exclusive content up there, but it's gonna be updated by or updated weekly. With new content. It's gonna be updated weekly. And we're going to always be posting on there. So, so uh, if, if you leave us a review or if you sign up on Patreon, we will shout you out. So we've actually gotten a whole bunch of reviews this week. Oh, my God. Thanks so much, um, guys. Which is so exciting. I think, does this mean people are actually listening to us? I think we got like so, 10 this week. Holy crap. I think we've got even gotten more than that. So, um, so anyway, let me uh, read all of our five-star reviews. The first one is from... Bichelia, um, who wrote Lots to Love. Five stars. Alcohol, murder, and banter. Really a recipe for greatness. Highly recommend this podcast to all. John does a great job doing the research and presenting it. The group dynamic is perfect. Well, thank you. You can tell they all know each other very well, enough to engage in some lighthearted bickering, which might be my favorite part. Keep them coming. Reservation for Jerry wrote a great listen. If you are a mm-hmm. fan of right. talk shows... That focus in on crime and murder, then this is the show you need to listen to. Every time a new episode comes up, I cannot wait to listen to it. HML803 said, love the podcast. I love listening to this podcast on my road trips each week. Can't wait for the next episode to come out. John, you have a great voice. Oh. Someone's got a crush on John. Well, thank you. Awkward. (laughs) Um, You know... People, there are two other people on this podcast too. Yeah, I know. I, also, can someone <laughs> tell me what my thing is? Like, what's you're, you're the geography bee? Oh God, I really wish I didn't say that. <laughs> That's my episodes. Just... Danielle is the best ever. The end. Wrote, love this podcast. I love true crime stories. Who knew murder stories could also be comedic? You guys have a great group dynamic, and your storytelling is so engaging. And last but not least, so far, DM. L or DM Lynn, great show, intriguing exploration and commentary of true crime events by an engaging team. Looking forward to more. Wow. wow. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. That was literally like the total number of reviews that we had before. Yeah. Like we got in one yeah. week. That's yeah. amazing. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank also, you. Also, I do have a bet with John um, oh, God. that we could get 50 reviews by September 1st. We are at 34 right now. We're at 34 reviews right now. I need 50 in order to win a bet with John. What's the bet? We're not talking about the bet. No, I think we need to talk about that. Yeah, we need to. All right, we'll talk about the bet. Okay, so John had lost a bet um, about a year ago. I don't tell him about that bet. To read Harry Potter. He did flake on that bet. The series. He read books one and two, but stopped after he just started book three. So I am reengaging in that bet to say he must read Harry Potter book three because that's the book where you really get into it. The Prison of Akabar. Nope. Prism of Azkaban. Prism of Akaban. Nope. Okay. Uh, so I will read and I will summarize the book in one of our episodes. Okay. It, 
So please, guys, help me get to 50 reviews uh, by leaving us one. It takes you literally two seconds. Mm -hmm. Um, Please leave a positive review. And tell your friends to leave a review. Uh, Because this is all about whooping John in the butt because he reneged on his last bet where he lost and he had to read all of Harry Potter and he needs to be held accountable. Once once you read one, you've read them all. They're really good books. All right. The writing sounds really good, but no, he's always going to get in a fight with Voldemort. All right, he's always going to have a crush on Hermione. No. no. Yes. No. And he always got that little Weasley guy <laughs> as a friend. Like, what else is going to happen? He's going to graduate to school and then be a wizard. And no. finally, the last book, he's going to beat Valdemort. No, you're so wrong. You're so wrong. That is how it's going to happen. Does he not beat Valdemort at the end? No. Okay, you have to read them. So... You've accepted yes. our challenge. You know what the great thing about this is? Is I'm not going to post this episode until after the bet is done. So this won't give us any reviews. Wow. I thought, I thought you said you are going to post this tomorrow. I might. My face is hot already from that whiskey shot. Hmm? Your face is hot. Thank you. Uh, I'm oh, concerned shit. as to why uh, you told me that. All right, Jen. Nicole. Jen, Nicole. Nicole, yeah. Jen. Yes, he is. I told you... This episode, the hint is going to be brother. Yeah. So, as usual, tell me what you think we're going to be talking about tonight. Please. I think one brother commits a horrendous crime and then tells his other brother about it to help and continue murders together as brothers. Picture this. 1947, Nebraska. Two brothers hate their parents and they go on a murderous spree starting with them. Mm. All right. Year for me is 1986 in Utah. Mm. 1986. So the killer would be... How old am I? 32. Mm-hmm. Because I was born in 86. No, I said it, like, the killings took place in... Oh, the killings took place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the killer was born. Yeah. Okay, I want to say, guys, if you're listening to this at home, in the comfort of your own home, right now, if you're on your phone, get your computer, or even your phone, and go to talkmer.com so you can follow the story with us, and you can see all the evidence photos and the victim profile uh, photos that I've added to the website. It's on the blog post right now. I've detailed everything. Be sure to leave me a comment and tell me how good my research is. And I also want to say that... He only likes to hear good things about himself. Yeah. Don't, I mean, who, yeah. don't try to give him a constructive Someone, don't comment. Yeah, all right. Don't for that more. one person that left me a constructive comment about um, the murder in Marple Brothers, because I was saying their name wrong. I want to say thank you for correcting me. Who did that? Mm-hmm. Uh, hold oh, on. We know who it is. I I, they didn't leave a name, but... Was it on the website? Yeah. Oh. It says uh, the brother-in-law's name was Gianti. I guess I... No, I guess I pronounced it Gianti, but it's pronounced Guanti. Oh. So I'm sorry if I offended you. But it's Guanti. So if you listen to episode two, Myrtle, uh, Murder and Marple, when I say Guanti, I mean Guanti. That Guanti. was a great episode. That's like my yeah. favorite, I think. 
So that thanks one. for that comment. All right. So after this killer mm-hmm. was arrested, our killers, our killers in Toledo, Ohio. Yes. Mm. Come on, Miss Geography B. What about it? Yeah, I know that it Toledo is oh, in Ohio. Okay. I know it's also a city in Spain. So what else? Ooh. Okay, after this killer was arrested Snarky t- in mm-hmm. Toledo, the homicide ratio the following year decreased by 51%. Wow. <laughs> Wait, so this guy was responsible for half the murders that occurred in the... Over half. Yeah. Uh, but, like, how many were there? Two, and then there was one the next year? Uh, no, there was... Touché. There were 60 in 1980. Oh. 55 in 1981. 1982, there were 27. So he was arrested in 1981 when there were 55. And in 1982, there were 27. So half. This story is Yes. More than Dennis really? Nilsson? Uh, did Dennis Nilsson really piss you off? I was just I gross. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really remember. The was... doll, like, he, no, I he know. washed them and bathed. Oh, okay. Yeah, he washed the bodies. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So worse than that. Oh, also, yeah. is it worse than, um, who, who was it with the peanut butter? Was that Patrick Michael Kearney? Uh, yeah, it was. Remember the peanut butter? Yeah. No, that was, he didn't do that, though. That's what we were. Yeah, no, no, no. He, he put the it, peanut butter on his no, wiener? No, he had sex with his dog. Yeah, but he didn't put the peanut butter on his wiener. No, no, no. But he had sex with his dog. Yeah. Well, a lot of people do that. Can't miss that. Huh? Well, <laughs> not John's funny. from the South, so. <laughs> hey. Yeah, I'm, okay, so okay. The crime rate cut, yeah. is cut in half. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you all the murders, but I'm going to go through... A few of them in pretty vivid detail. So, um, so warning, ex- ex- explicit content ahead, yeah. listeners, but you already knew that. Okay, let me tell you about Vicki Lynn Small. Three names. I think she's a victim. Mm-hmm. She's a victim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so she's 22 years old. She's living in Toledo. Have you guys been to Toledo? No. Mm-mm. Or Actually, Ohio? Ohio is one of the states I've never been to. Really? It's so easy. You have it. to drive through it like if you go up north. No, I no. don't. You know, the cops in Ohio are supposed to be really dicks, what I've heard. Hmm. They're I... like backwoods kind of cops. Yeah, there are a lot of people from Ohio in Charleston. There are. Quite a few. What do they call them? Um... Transplants. They come down here because, yeah, there are a lot of Ohioans. But they, they, they have a name for them down here. I, f- I feel like I can't call them. Damn down. Yankees what we call them down here. No. No, there's a name for people specifically from Ohio. I, can't, I don't feel comfortable calling them name number one because I don't remember it. Number two, because I'm still new. Kind of. But. Y'all ain't even from these parts. So you can't even talk about that. Well. All right. So she was a student at the University of Toledo. Blonde hair, green eyes. Very pretty. 22 years old. Now. By profession, Miss Small was a data entry clerk for Blue Cross, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have good insurance. 
You know who's not that good? Cigna. Hmm. And oh, that's yeah. what I have. And all the bills they send you. I get all so many angry letters yeah. from them. But so her profession during the day was she's a data entry clerk. But that wasn't, you know, that was just her job. What she really loved more than anything. Now keep in mind, this is the 70s. Vicky Lynn Small, by night, she was an avid pinball machine player. The pinball wizard. Da, 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 da. You know the pinballs at um, the Tattooed Moose? Mm-hmm. They charge they charge a freaking dollar to play those. Yeah, it's a little expensive. How do you think he does it? I don't know. I do want to play some pinballs though. So I guess back in the day, those things were super popular. Mm-hmm. I get, yeah, I guess. I mean, they had no other video games. Now this was in December, so it's freezing cold out. Oh it's, yeah, it gets cold in Ohio. Yeah, it's snowing, icing, mm-hmm. hailing, hailing. I, mean, I don't. I'm from the south, so I don't know. It. Well, I, we had snow like five years. No, was it yeah, last, last year? But that was like once in ten years. Yeah. yeah, and of course it happened the day that I was driving back. Yeah, and we don't know how to drive down here. Apparently, we don't. With if it's they don't snows. Correct. There was no sand on the roads. Everything was shut down for a week. It was crazy. It yeah. was awesome. And one snowflake means like schools shut down for like weeks. <laughs> I read that they're going to start doing online classes instead of shutting down. Oh, that sucks. That's oh, I would hate that. Makes sense for the yeah, teachers. but I would hate that though. Yeah, but for like yeah, but like I mean, how hard can it be? Is it going to be online yeah. if you're like in middle school? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great idea. But, but just, I would rather do that than have to go and make up days. Mm-hmm. I would so much rather. We never made up days down here. They do, yeah. Maybe I was supposed to. They had like two weeks. Her and her friend, Heather, was... Were. Were. So her friend she, and Heather... And her, huh? She and Heather? She and her friend. Heather Green Sorry. That, was friends. I, I can't help it. They were both friends. Best friends. Right? And they, they also shared another thing. They were both connoisseurs of pinball machines so this night they were going to jakey's pub now jakey's downtown and even though it sounds sketchy it is a dive bar with great pinball machines but it's actually pretty safe because it was it it, like all the off-duty cops would hang out there Mm -hmm. it was just like a local watering hole is that what they call a watering hole Yeah, yeah yeah it's like a local watering hole so anyway this december night they went out there but then they left, and they usually go out there because they got the best pinball machines, mm-hmm. right? And there's, like, no lines because everyone's drunk playing pool instead of pinballs. So, anyway, they were there, and they had to actually leave this night because there was a fucking creepster staring them down, like an old creepy guy. Hey, y'all look pretty kind of thing, you know? Like, how old? I don't know. Like, Probably, 60? like... <laughs> You don't have to be old to be creepy. Yeah. Nowadays. Yeah, I know, but he said old. So. Well, like, creepy guy. Like, I don't know. I mean, I was hoping you guys would provide some, oh, yeah, that happened to me. Doesn't that happen all the time or it something? Um, yeah, it happens all the time. Oh, okay, well, yeah. Just I mean, like I don't that. get hit on, so. Except one time this 80-year-old guy hit on me when I was receiving the Eucharist at church. Did you Did you go out on a date with him? No. Did he have a lot of money? I don't know. I was visiting... A church that wasn't from home. Should I ask, what kind of car did he drive? I don't know, John. He literally just talked to me while we were in line. I, and then I was like, uh-huh, and I, like, walked away from him. <laughs> Jen, okay. So, anyway, 
they leave, they get a quick bite to eat, and then they head on home. Now it's after midnight, and it is snowing a shit storm outside. There's like snow everywhere. They can't even see. It's so bad. It's freezing freaking cold. A blizzard, perhaps? Yes. <laughs> a blizzard, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? A, a blizzard? blizzard? What's, yeah. <laughs> a snowstorm? Snowstorm, yeah. Damn it, why did you fuck me up? Now I want Dairy Queen. Uh, I know. <laughs> I was thinking about that. So, all right. You know what's also good is McFlurries. Yeah, but they don't have as good flavors as Dairy I like the Oreos. McFlurries. Yeah. I like Reese's. You know, we don't also have Friendly's. Friendly's. Mm. There's one. I saw one in Myrtle Beach, though. There is one. We went to the one in Myrtle Beach, actually. Okay, so. Okay. They get a quick bite to eat, and then they decide to go home. Because it's getting late. It's after midnight. And Heather was driving the car, and they're a couple blocks away from their home. Now, they both live in separate homes with their parents, but they live only a few blocks away. Mm -hmm. She slides the car in the snow, hydroplane or whatever. She's like, and it hits an embankment in the snow. Car stuck. Freezing as hell outside. These two women, girls, are out there. And they're about to spend the whole night out there, right? Because there ain't nobody around at midnight, kind of in the back rows where they were, right? And their car was stuck. Mm, that, to happened, get... that happened to me once when I was driving my little PT Cruiser. You had a PT Cruiser? Mm-hmm, it was orange. It was awesome. One of my rules in life is never to trust someone that drives a PT someone that drives a PT Cruiser. Mm. Well, that's too bad because you trust late. Jen. It's a little late. I don't drive a PT Cruiser anymore, though. But actually, that was one of my criteria of people not to date. I had two. No PT Cruiser drivers and no uh, cosmologists, like hair doers. Both of those are the most craziest people ever. Well, I'm glad I passed both of those tests also. But that means you're saying that Jen is crazy for having a PT Cruiser. No, she had a PT Cruiser. She was crazy, but now she's not. It was actually a gift from my deceased grandmother. But... Oh, now I feel like a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> so your grandmother was cray. She never drove it. It was like a brand new car when I got it. Hmm. Well. Okay, so they get the car stuck in the snow. Yeah. And there ain't nobody coming by. And they're like, oh my god! Well, we're probably gonna. They're a couple blocks from the house. Do you I know. know a good but thing huh? to have in your car. I was told this by my driver's ed instructor. Cat worked... litter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cat litter is a good sand substitute to get your stuff out of. The... You can also sniff cat litter and get high. What? I feel like that's not true. That was on South Park. They were doing it for real. So you take all your life advice from South Park, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. That's where I get all my news from. Right. That sounds about right. Yeah. So, all right. They're stuck in the snow. Mm-hmm. Luckily for them, a truck drives up. And the passenger rolls down the window. Says, hey, y'all need some help? Well, they don't have those accents in Ohio. Oh, whatever. Go with it. Y'all need some help? You guys need some help? It was two black men in a, in a pickup truck. Like a kind of old beat up green pickup truck mm-hmm. right and the girls are like yes definitely like i mean these were like heroes to them uh-huh. and these guys were super nice so they get out and you know they hook it up hook the car up to the back of their truck you know and they pull that sucker right on out of there 
And these these two girls are grateful as hell, okay? Because they just got saved. I mean, they wouldn't have died out there, probably. They kind of probably could have walked home, even though it would have been dangerous. But these people just saved them. Literally. So, one of the guys is like, hey, she, he's talking to Vicky. Hey, I can give you a ride home, since they lived, Heather and Vicky kind of lived in separate directions. And Heather was shocked when she said, yeah, okay. Sounds good to me. So she gets into the truck with these two black guys. Why are you shaking your head? I mean, I can understand because, like, these guys just, like, helped them. They did such a great thing. So you have, it feels like you probably already built trust with those people. But stranger danger, ladies. Stranger danger. It doesn't matter if you and your girlfriend live in opposite directions. Don't get into a car with a person you don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't care if we just did a nice act for you. Unless it's Uber. Even then, I fucking wouldn't do it. I've never tried to use an Uber because I don't trust it. Stranger danger. Would you trust me if I drove an Uber? Don't drive an Uber. But that's... Women don't need to drive Ubers. It's dangerous. Yeah. I agree. Okay, so... Do you guys want to guess what happens? Let me just tell you. She dies. Okay. Here's how it goes down. Heather goes home. Now, it's... 2 a.m. before she finally gets home. And they only live a few blocks. So after Vicky goes with the two black guys sitting in the middle in the pickup truck, they take her home. Heather goes her separate way and should have been home at the same time. As soon as she gets home, Heather calls Vicky's house phone. Yeah, we weren't even alive back then. None of us were. Yeah, that's Correct. True. So this is 1973. <clears throat> Calls cell phone, or shit. Heather calls the house phone. I, I guess just the phone. Yeah. Not the house phone. Whatever. Heather calls the phone of Vicky, and her boyfriend picks up. Okay, his name was Robert Davis. And says, what do you mean she's... I thought she was with you. Yeah. Robert Davis picks up around 2 a.m. He's worried. Now, he got the night off from his shift... At work, he was working the night shifts, and he got the night off because the weather was so bad. Because it was so bad that night. So he's worried to begin with because it could have been an accident. Okay, so he's fearful as hell. He's like, oh my god. His girlfriend's probably dead in a ditch. But now Heather, her best friend's calling him. You know, and now he's really worried. Yeah. Because there was she was supposed to be home. And not only that. But Heather was like, hey, these two guys helped us, and then she rode with them. Anyway, cops were called. Okay. Bonehead move. Did she get the license plate number or anything? No, none of that. She knew it was a truck. She knew it was two black men. She could describe them, you know, basically, right? Yeah. Um, Okay, fast forward three hours. It's about 5.30 in the morning. Two police officers, George Stanley and Dwayne Skiwikowski, whatever, Dwayne, George and Dwayne, doing a patrol of Ottawa Park, and they look over and they see something in the snow. It's completely blank. Everything's white, completely blank with snow. And they thought they saw a piece of used cardboard. Maybe someone threw it out of their truck or maybe it like flew out of someone's truck and it's just on the ground in the snow. 
So they went to probably pick it up, right? And throw it in, in the garbage or whatever. They started getting closer and they realized it's not a cardboard. This is a woman's body. Mm. And obviously the woman was dead. And obviously it was Vicky Lynn Small. Yep, yep. 22 years old. The autopsy said that she died of a gunshot wound from a 25 caliber pistol to the brain. But she was also shot four other times in the heart and the lungs. So the killer... so unnecessary. If you're going to shoot someone in the head, why? No, think about it. If you want to make... I'm just saying, in his mind, he wanted to make the killer, or killers, which was, you know, those two guys, wanted to make sure she was dead. If you shoot someone once and then they survive, they can identify you. Unless you shoot them in the head and they have brain damage and they can't communicate. Yeah. She had... She had two additional bullets lodged in her heart and her lungs. Mm. I think I said four. Yeah. Sorry. The autopsy also showed that she was brutally raped. Mm. Like, brutally raped. And she was left thrown like a dead animal in this little park section on the snow. Just like, like literally a used cardboard. Like, they were right. She was thrown like a piece of trash. Face down. Raped bullet in the brain blood going down her face frozen she's dead and her story begins <laughs> was this the, their first murder huh was this their yeah. first murder okay or that we the first murder that we know of yeah i'm i'm, I'm not gonna do all the murders because there's clearly a shit ton there's a lot how many murders i'll, I'll get into that later let me go through the second one okay how many years later? Jen, are you okay? I'm okay. I just... That, that just kind of makes me sad. But that's okay. What do you mean? I don't know. Like, I, I guess because... And... Well, normally when, you know, I like the doing the podcast has kind of made me desensitized to hearing these stories, but it's been so long that we've... Since we've done one that I'm just kind of like, just like having a moment for the victim. I think I'm going to go ahead and tell you about the killer. Okay. You Killers. do yours. Yeah. I think I want to. Okay. Anthony Haven Cook was the killer's name. He was oh, born. Yes. <laughs> he was born March 9th, 1949. Rough childhood growing up near Toledo area. I'm reading a book called Sons of Cain. It's about. Like Cain and Abel? Yeah. So it's Sons of Cain. It's oh, basically so the saying. Bad, the bad yeah. It's basically it. saying. It's based about serial killers, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. But he was saying. That there are an equal number of African American serial killers out there, but the media doesn't really publicize the black Amer- or the African American serial killers because it doesn't sell newspapers, right? The Jeffrey Dahmers and the John Wayne Gacy's, and yeah, that's a great people, book, by the way. The people that you don't suspect, like people, are more intrigued by the. I think what makes true crime such an intriguing genre is the fact that most of the stories are surprising. Nothing's like, oh, yeah, I could have expected that. Yeah. Hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I that now that that's coming out of my mouth and I think about it, it, it sounds bad that we would be, we saw, like, an African-American serial killer be like, oh, yeah, that's normal. You know what I mean? Like, that's pretty bad. But at the same time, like, that's kind of what makes true crime, like... 1949, he was born. Very bad childhood. Nine years later... His brother was born. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's a big gap. Yeah. 
Nathaniel. He copied his brother. He looked up to his bigger brother, and his brother was the, you know, showed him through life. I wish I had an older sibling. Mm. I'm your older sibling. That's nice of you, John. Yeah, thanks, John. I always wanted a brother, too. No offense, Juliet. I mean, you're okay, I guess. She doesn't even listen to these podcasts. It makes me sad. You should have taken her phone and left a review on her phone. I asked her to leave a review, and she's like, okay. Still love her, even though she doesn't listen to our podcasts. But also, we don't, so it's fine. Okay, so... These killers... The book that I'm... That I, I read, and I'm pulling 90% of the book that I read, and I'm pulling 90% of this information from, is called Evil Brothers. Uh-huh. It's on Amazon. I definitely recommend it. It's a great read. It's by a uh, retired Toledo detective who was on the case, mm. Frank P. Stiles, and it is an amazing book, and it not only details the whole case, but it's... I don't want to give it away, but it shows it. He was responsible for both brothers getting inca- incarcerated. All hmm. right, cool. Him solely. Perhaps you, okay. Frank. Yeah, so it's a good book, and it teaches you a lot about, you know, it, it doesn't just, oh, here's what happened, here's what happened. It, it teaches you, um, for, for instance, here's a fun fact that you guys probably didn't know. If there's a murder that happens, police cannot destroy evidence at all if it's a murder mm-hmm. and which you see nowadays because you know like the golden state killer mm-hmm. they got the blood sample mm. and they mashed it if they would have destroyed it they would have been screwed mm-hmm. yeah so and you're seeing all I, I could we could have a whole podcast on guys getting locked up right now for dna murders like a whole podcast i mean it's yeah. like every day there's someone else that murdered someone 30 years ago and some blood was found and it matches his DNA. You know, it's gotten so advanced nowadays. Hmm. Anyway, so that's the book that I'm reading from and I recommend it. So it's a very good book. It's, it's worth the money you pay for it. Anyway, I got a Kindle for my birthday. Oh, that's big. Oh, yeah. Which one? I don't know. Touchscreen one. I think, they're all, I think they're all touch. Black and white, the paper white? I guess. The one I got? I don't know. Can I see it? Not right now. Later. May 13th, 1980. Seven years apart? Seven years. Jen caught it before you, Nicole. I was going to say, I have an idea for Halloween costume. Why? We should be each of our hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil, and be like skulls. And like, that's our... I have an idea. We should finish the podcast. Okay, Jen got it right. Seven years. So what happened? He just... Had one killing. It was like, man, I might cool off for seven years. Doubtful. Is that what happened, Nicole? No. What happened? He killed other people. He just didn't get caught. He was in prison for robbery. Oh. <laughs> he spent six, seven years in prison for robbery. Well, how are we supposed uh, to know that? Well, I don't know. I thought well, you'd we take a while, guess. Yeah. Anyway, so he wasn't killing people because he was in prison, right? But as soon as he gets out... He can't wait to go. Yeah, he's somebody. got all of them. And he learned a lot of his tactics. Okay. Okay. He's learning from everybody else. Yeah, I'm going to read you, you later somebody? Later in the testimony, or later in this episode, I'm going to read some of his interview 
And you'll see, number one, he has no remorse. Number two, he talks about it like they're contract killings. Like, oh yeah, I made sure to shoot them four times and to make sure they're not dead. And yeah, I made sure to do this. He learned a lot of his tactics from prison. Hmm. He got out of prison. That makes sense. So let me tell you about Thomas Gordon. May 13th, 1980. Same area, Toledo area. You guys ready for this? I don't know, are we? Y'all ready for this? Guess what I brought home? What? So my mom was giving away a bunch of like books from my childhood yeah. to like Goodwill or whatever. And I saw them. This is when we came home. And she's like, I gave away books. So if you see anything in here that you want to keep, you can take it. And the first thing I saw was a Space Jam picture book. And I yeah. took it. Oh, yeah. I have it. That's awesome. So my, oh my we gosh, should give we it away. For Halloween. Yeah. Wait, how? Who are you going to be? Get the uniform. Will I be Michael Jordan? Sure. Okay. You know he's a billionaire. Yeah, he owns the Charlotte Hornets. You know, Michael Jordan was a phenomenal athlete. Yes, yeah. he was. Yeah, and I feel like he did. He didn't have natural talent. I, I feel like he just worked his ass he off. He got cut from his high school team. Michael I feel like he Jordan just probably his ass would off. not have reached me in the way. You know, I, I would have, like, heard of him, but truly, it's all because of Space Jam. <laughs> no, Mike, well, sense. yeah, like, basketball's not really me, cool. Yeah. Like, my, you know, my mom's from Chicago, right? So, oh, yeah. oh, the way you just said Chicago was <laughs> totally Chicago. Yeah. My mom's from Chicago. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I got into an argument this past week about whether or not I have an accent, and I never thought I did, but... Oh, you definitely have an accent. I do? Yeah. No. Chicago? No, you do. It's not like it's not like wicked strong. It's not like obnoxious, like a Boston accent that's like wicked obnoxious. Oh my god, I'm gonna throw up. I'm gonna throw really up. Know. Tell you that right now. See, I never thought I had one. It's slight. It's not heavy. Say Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. Don't <laughs> you know what, John? You're walking a thin line here. <laughs> my mom's from Chicago. And uh, so I grew up, you know, watching the Celtics, but also the Bulls. Um, Even though he said Bulls. Bulls. <laughs> All right. So Thomas Gordon. Oh, Thomas Gordon. I'm cutting that because he's dead. He Thomas Gordon, 24 like years old. Fisherman. Gordon. Gordon. Gordon, like. Yeah. Like, like uh, Gordon yeah. from Thomas the Tank Engine. No, Gordon, like the race car driver. Gordon Hayward. Celtics player. Done. Thomas Gordon was 24 years old. He was a factory worker in the automotive industry, and he was up and coming. He actually had a really good job. He loved cars. He had a shiny Chevy Nova, right? And he was a he was an all around good guy. Everyone said he was a really good guy. Um, he also had a girlfriend. His girlfriend Sandra Podgorski. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if I fucked that name up. Podgorski. P O D G O R S K I. They met a few months earlier. Pajorski. They met a few months earlier, and it was, this night was May 13th. He was dropping her off, Sandra off, at her home. She lived with her parents. They had just went to see his brother. And Nathaniel? No. No, no, no. Thomas's brother. Thomas's brother. So this was... I mean, it was at night, so after midnight, you drop your girlfriend off, you little smooch and smooching, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. No. 
the last thing, the last thing that they really remember clearly was Sandra saying, Thomas, they probably called him Tom. Tommy. Wait, do you, Thomas? Yeah. Is that the same thing? Yeah. Tom, Tom, yeah. Thomas, Tommy. Oh. Uh, yeah. So, Jay. Thomas. I don't know. It sounds like Tom. Thomas Edward Tom. Brady Jr. Tom, it's getting late, and we should really go inside. Or I should really go inside. You know, so they got one little last smoocheroo. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> what? All of a sudden, that blissful moment. Yeah. From his girlfriend, future wife, you know, they give a good night kiss. You know, she's got to go inside. It's getting late. But all of a sudden, turn into a pumpkin. You never heard that before. What Cinderella? Oh God! Turn into a pumpkin. Never mind. With a golden slipper. Glass, but close. That was close. (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so they kiss goodnight, and all of a sudden, that blissful moment is interrupted with with. The passenger side window of his Chevy Nova getting broken open and glass going everywhere. Someone had hit it. Oh. Hit it so hard it... Do it, Jen. I know you want to. They hit it so hard that the glass went everywhere. So they're in shock. Yeah. Then they look over and they see a black man. Sounded pretty racist. Yeah. <laughs> Look, a black man over yonder. <laughs> they look, officer. Please, <laughs> I'll cut that. Please <laughs> <laughs> do. All right. They look over. They look over. They look over, and there's a man standing there. Just broke their window, and it, he's a black man. Uh, 20s, 30s, you know, with a beard and like a beanie on, wearing kind of a green army jacket, you know. Was he in the service? No, I mean, there's plenty of people that have this army jacket. Stolen valor. I was just it's asking. Yeah, so, but but also, yeah, I, was I, yeah, I really doubt he was pretending to be a I was soldier. wondering if he fit any of the, you know. No, he was never in the military. But Was he a cobbler? No. Was what? he a mechanic? No, he was a... Th- Thug. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. That was his profession. He was a thug. Yo, yo, yo. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> okay, so anyway, so the window shatters open. The man standing there, black man in his twenties and maybe early thirties with a beard. As soon as they see him. They look over to the other side, and there's another one, his assailant, his brother. It's his brothers. You guys got that right? Yes. yes. Okay. It's Anthony and Nathaniel Cook, the brothers, the evil brothers, as Frank P. Styles called them. The mm-hmm. evil brothers. And the media has dubbed the evil brothers, the evil brother killers. Mm. Exactly what they are. They couldn't come up with anything better. I guess not. I'm That's glad a, that they're actually yeah. brothers and not just saying, like, using oh, yeah, the word brothers. brother. <laughs> oh, <laughs> evil brothers. <laughs> what is he? <laughs> oh, 
Holy oh shit. God. We're gonna get a call from NAACP after this. Yeah, one. no shit. <laughs> uh, please don't sue us. Uh, what are they gonna We're say? really fantastic people. No. Yeah. Alright, so they forced the two the couple into the trunk or not in the trunk. They forced the couple into the back seat. They're going for a ride. Ooh. Not a very good situation. No. What hops wanna go for a ride? Don't say that. What? He's wearing his Okay. So where are we going? <laughs> Anthony and Nathaniel. One of them gets in the driver's seat. The other one, in the passenger seat. Now they got a gun. They got a rifle, and it's pointed right at their heads. Not their heads, but the, the two. Sandra and Thomas's heads. Yeah. So they're going for a ride, which is not a very good thing. You know. I say so. But they only go a few blocks. So they're still in town, right? I don't know. I don't know the layout of the town. Nathaniel gets out. They're in an alley. They pull into an alley. Nathaniel gets out, pulls Thomas out. And the whole time Thomas is pleading, please, take take the car. It's a nice car. Shave your nose. Take the car. Take my money. At least he didn't say take his girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be Take Nicole. I'm just kidding. He didn't say that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't and say that. <laughs> Take the car. Good for you. Take my car. Take my money. Take my, you know, whatever. And but don't take my dignity. Yeah. So I don't know if the kill the robber here was the brother being sympathetic, which was not the case. He was most likely just because they were still in the town limits. And he's out there pleading for his life. Cause he told he told Thomas, did I already say this? He told Thomas to get in the trunk. I didn't say that. Backseat. No, in the trunk. Oh, oh wow. He pulls Thomas out. Take my money. Take my car, my Chevy Nova. You know? And then Nathaniel's like, you better get in the trunk. And then no, they Thomas to into a drive through drive in theater. Thomas knew that that was a death sentence. You get in the trunk, that's it. Yeah, that's not and that's a uh, tip to our audience too. Kick out the headlights. Don't get in the trunk. Uh, you know, people Do always not say get that in the you're trunk. supposed to kick out the headlights. Can you really kick out the headlights from the trunk? Why would you it? kick out the headlights? So if that, you're in the trunk, can you kick the headlights out? The try. headlights? The, I mean, the taillights. Can you kick them out from the trunk? Kick them out? Why? So that people. So that you can, can like kick them out and wave like no. help. No. Oh my God. No. My that's truck like, is sealed. Yeah. That's what I think. Like, I don't think you can. But there are. The, new cars do have a release. So if you are stuck in a new car, like my 2012 Infinity G37X. You know, John, you don't need to draw any attention sport to our home edition. Steel. You can just pull the lever in the back. You know, mm-hmm. if you're like a prostitute that just got beat up and thrown into the back of a 2012 Infinity G37X, at all. you could pull the lever and get out. There's a lever yeah. to open the trunk? Yeah, it's for people that get thrown in the trunk. <laughs> Is it really? Yes. Hmm. That's like at work, we have the coolers, the walk-in coolers and freezers, and there's a release inside in case you get stuck. And yeah. there's a big sign that says, if the door is closed, you are not stuck. Do not worry. But, That's good. But there was, I guess, in a store back home, um, there was someone that, like, had a heart attack when he was working in the freezer and he died. Did you ever hear the story about someone who was, they were locked in a freezer and they froze to death, but the freezer was not on. It was all in their head. 
and like they developed all the symptoms of like freezing to death. Yeah, I did see that Twilight Zone. All right, so can we move on, please? Was that on the Twilight Zone? I don't know. Maybe it's just like a spooky story. Yeah, that's completely bullshit. All right, can we move on, please? He pleaded. He didn't want to get in that trunk. If you get in that trunk, you're done. Yeah. You're done, son. It's like never be moved to a second location. Exactly. So the killer, you know, one of the Cook brothers, finally got sick of it. He's like, get back in in the back seat. Push them back in there. He's like... Put your head on her lap, Sandra's lap. And then he told Sandra, put your head on his shoulder. So he's leaning over in Sandra's lap and her head's on his shoulder. Oh, so they, mm-hmm. no one can so see. they can't see. Now they're going out to the country. But now Sandra did look up a little bit, you know, poked her head up and can kind of see where they're at. And she saw a sign that said one lane bridge. Which is not a good sign to see if you're in the middle of freaking nowhere and mm-hmm. killers. They and then so anyway, they, they drove a little bit, car pulled over in the dirt, door opens, they pull them out. The Cook brothers pull out these two victims. Now to the right of Thomas and Sandra was a plowed field. You know, it was nothing. They're like eventually going to be corn. Yeah. It was like bare, bare ass, right? Bare ass. To the left was a wooded area filled with trees, right? Mm -hmm. That's like kind of spooky. Well, not spooky, but if you're in that situation, you need to think in advance. Okay, if I run this way, he's got a rifle, a hunting rifle. You're supposed to run in zigzags. If I run in the wooded area... As opposed to the cleared out area. But hindsight's twenty twenty, So, you know. Anyway. Here's what happens. You gotta run into They the get place. out. They're in the back. In the behind the car. Desolate street. There is no houses. There is no street lights. There is no businesses. There's no hospitals. There's no cops. It's empty. Dark. Pitch black outside. And. Thomas and Sandra are behind the car with the killers. Now, one of the Cook brothers says, give me, like, this is a robbery. Give me everything you got. Takes the wallet and everything. And then Sandra, she's in such a daze, she doesn't really remember what happens next. But she does hear Thomas, her boyfriend, say, oh, God, no! And then he takes off running. But he runs into the plowed, cleared area. Mm. And then kind of her head is down, like on the trunk. He's running, and then all of a sudden, bow, the rifle goes off. And then the last words from Thomas was, oh, my heart. And then three more shots go off of the rifle. Yeah. Thomas is dead. Sandra just witnessed her boyfriend Mm get murdered in cold blood cold blood by nathaniel cook nathaniel is the one that took the hunting rifle out there the younger brother anthony's older brother nathaniel runs after thomas and shoots him and then finishes him off with three shots in that plowed field okay now after he killed his prey that's what he was he walks back and finds his brother 
Anthony's older brother. On top of Sandra, she's nude and she's getting raped very violently. And as you'll see, both the Cook brothers liked rough sex. It's rape, not sex. Rough rape, yeah. So she's, he's raping her and not... I feel like that's a weird, very, like, obviously rape in itself is awful, but I feel like it's so, like, even kind of more bizarre and grotesque to, like, do it in front of someone else. Well, your brother. Yeah. Like, that's just, like, fucked up on a whole nother level. So he walks, but she's getting raped very, I want to point out, very viciously. This isn't the first victim that has gotten completely viciously raped. His brother Nathaniel walks over, kind of maybe he's leaning on his rifle, and he's sitting there waiting his turn. Because he'll be next. As soon as his brother finishes, Nathaniel rapes her. That poor woman. And he, you know, finishes inside of her. And then he tells her to get up, put your panties back on, and get in the backseat of the car. Now, that's so fucked up. Sandra hears one of them call the other one Tony at one point. She doesn't know which one. So, one of them says, you can't just leave them out there talking about the boyfriend, Thomas. So, she's in the backseat and they drive on a little country dirt road. Think about it as a middle of nowhere is a road. They're basically making their own path, this little trail they found, to go closer to the body, because he's probably, I don't know, 100 yards out in the field. They make their way over to the body, and just like a freaking used tire that's flat, that ain't going to do you any good anymore, you might as well throw in a dumpster. They pick up his body and throw him in the trunk like a used tire. Throw him in there. So now Sandra's in the back seat. She's hearing all this. Like, and when they did the interrogations, and even in the court, no remorse. Either of these guys. They don't give a shit. They don't give two shits. Thomas just in her dead body. Fuck it. We had to kill him. Whatever. Throw him in the trunk. Now they drive off. They're going back to Toledo. Maybe. But most likely, they're going to go find another place to kill Sandra. Because what did he learn in prison? You don't kill you don't kill a couple in the same spot. You break them up. You kill one here and one there. Police don't know what to do, right? He learned this in prison. Smart guy. Anyway, they're driving back to town. And Nathaniel gets in the back with Sandra and says, How old are you? She's in trembling. She says, I'm 18. And then he says, because this is how you reply to somebody, I should rape you again. What the fuck? Yeah. So she's, at this point, she's doesn't know if she's a gone or not. She's trembling. Her head's down. She's frightened. All of a sudden, she feels some excruciating pain. Nathaniel has taken an ice pick and stabbed her right in the shoulder. Oh, God. With an ice pick. And at this point, I know, it's like a really bad story. I have to tell it. 
this is reality. About, yeah, we're talking about murder. We're not talking about sunshines and lollipops and <laughs> rainbows. Dun, 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 we can talk about lollipops. I mean, this is this is real life. It's fucked up. Sometimes when it's this dark, it's hard to be jokey about it. But yeah. you know, yeah. I but I mean, that's not like I'm not. That's not a, a dig on you. It's just like, oh yeah. Sorry, guys. This is a little heavy of an episode, but got This is this is reality. So. Yeah. At this point, Sandra, her only thought in her mind was, "Hey, if I don't play dead, they're going and they don't think I'm dead, they're going to finish me off." Cuz they are. That's what I was going to yeah. ask is if she played dead because how did she survive if they make sure yeah. they like especially when they're they're using methods to make sure that their victims are dead like yeah. surprised that she even survived. She yeah. she played dead and what a strong woman to play dead. She got stabbed multiple times. Saw her the, get killed. The pain was unbearable. Freaking ice pick. And she even said that she had so much trouble forcing herself not to cough blood to pretend she was dead. And they bought it. Jeez. They go to drop the car off. Back where they were, because they remember they took the the, the one the victim's car. Mm-hmm. So they pulled into an alley, and she hears one of them say, "I don't think this bitch is dead. This bitch, I don't think this bitch is dead." That's what they said. Just like she's just fucking. She's laying there in the back of the car, and then the two killers shut the car door, and she hears them get in their truck and leave. Now. She's on the verge of death. She's bleeding out. She's lost a lot of blood. Mm. She forces herself to get up, even though when she's probably more comfortable closing her eyes because the pain's so bad and feel a lot better to close your eyes. She forces herself in that that will mindset that just makes you just, if you don't do this, you're dead. Yeah. She gets up. She stumbles through an alley. She finds help. That knocks on the door. She's rushed to the hospital. She's treated. For a punctured lung. Oh, whoa. And four other stab wounds. Mm. She survived. And she's still alive to this day. God bless her. Were they able to... She is now completely traumatized for the rest of her life. Now, was DNA back then, because they raped her, were they able to use any of the DNA from her rape? Uh... Yeah, but I'll get to that later. Okay. So, um, she was so traumatized. When you have a traumatic experience, it's hard to recall some of the details. So she had trouble looking uh, it's, through. It's hard in the fact yeah. that it's episodic diff- memory like, loss. Yeah. yeah, episodic memory loss. She had trouble picking out a mugshot, probably full of hundreds of suspects, African American suspects. She had trouble picking out her rapist. You know. Which, Were they like even shown? I don't think so. In fact, in the blog post I put, they may or may have not yeah. been there because I don't think Nathaniel was arrested prior. I know Anthony was arrested, but well, especially if they weren't arrested for yeah. like a rape charge or something like a sexual assault char- charge before. Yeah, only robbery. They may not have been in that lineup. Yeah. All, All right. right. There's. Most of the victims are the Cook brothers, the evil brothers, the evil Cook brothers. Brothers. There's no commentary like I have provided 
from that last story because there's no survivors. But there was plenty of bodies, but with no real stories, right? Mm-hmm. So They just found bodies. They didn't know what happened to them. Yeah, so Connie Sue Thompson was one. She was a very, very pretty redhead. A tomato. Yeah, mm-hmm. tomatoes, yeah. She, um, she was found January 17th, 1981. All right, Connie Sue Thompson. She was discovered by two 15-year-old Catholic schoolgirl friends that were sledding in the snow. She was thrown into a culvert. She was frozen. In a what? A culvert. It's like a... A Corvette? A, what? No, culvert. <laughs> culvert. Co- culvert. C U L V E R T. It's like a underwater under the bridge. It's like the water. Oh, it's like a drainage ditch. I chin. Oh my lord! I've never heard that term before in my life. See, we can learn new things. A noun: a tunnel carrying a stream or open drain under a road or railroad. A verb: channel through a culvert. Origin: late eighteenth century. Of unknown origin. She was found partially naked. Mm-hmm. Her clothes were sp- scattered about. The two girls saw her and they ran back home screaming. They probably even dropped their sled. Screaming. Ah, ah. The police came out there, the detectives, and she was hauled off to the morgue. Mm-hmm. She was strangled with an unknown literature. One sixteenth of an inch wide. She had four stab wounds to the left side of her neck. Two were located on the right side of her chest. And ice pick. Thirty seven were located on the left side of her chest. Oh my gosh. She was strangled her and they stabbed her. She was this victim, Connie Sue Thompson. Little was known how she died, but autopsy showed that she was forcefully raped. Because there was traces of semen, both vaginally and anally. She was raped, and it was brutal, torn. Yeah. yeah, it was not. A, yeah, it was very vicious, very vicious. And admitted later to these to this crime was the Cook brothers. Not much is known of how. What year was this? Nineteen eighty-one, January seventeenth. Was that the next murder following that one? Mm-hmm. Huh, so they are waiting longer than I thought that they probably would. Well, their motive their motive is also robbery. So if you during the testimony of Anthony, especially, a lot of times he'd be like, "Yeah, like with the one with the Chevy Nova, he actually stole the CD, the radio player. He was like, "Oh yeah, I saw a, a nice radio in the car, so I stole it." But then I remembered being in the joint, they said never to sell it because the police will go to pawn shops and look for it. So he ended up dumping it in the river. And he did that a few times with jewelry, too. He said he would never steal jewelry. Why uh, steal it if you're just going to get rid of it? Like, what? Because, it, keep? because like, you, he, his motive was money. He was robbing his people and dumping their bodies, but he would steal rings and jewelry, but then so he, he would looking, remember. But you can't sell it. But he was c- looking for shit up cash. Then? You could like, sell it at a pawn shop, but he would remember. He's a fucking idiot, and he would remember after he stole it. Oh yeah, these guys in the joint told me not to sell it because the cops were probably looking for it. 
And if you sell it to a pawn shop and then the cop sees it, because, you know, if if you get something, if you're in a murder crime and let's say someone steals your iPhone that murdered you and they go try to pawn it, the pawn shop has a record of you selling it to them. They're going to go to every pawn shop to make sure, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he avoided that, but he shouldn't have stolen it in the first place. He's just an idiot. He ended up about to sell it. So he wasn't making any money. You know, mm-hmm. but he ended up chunking it. <sighs> so he was Senseless just essentially crimes. then like just getting the cash, which also yeah, which like, is not a lot. Sometimes he would get two dollars yeah, for a like, life. People, especially today, like people don't carry cash. Mm-hmm. I don't carry cash. And like as soon as I see a fraudulent charge in my credit card, I cancel that shit. Yeah. So I need to check that more often. I get alerts on my phone for every charge that goes through. Alright guys, welcome to another week of Jen and Nicole debate stuff. This week we're talking about our least favorite airports. Oh gosh. Um, Shaw, can I, are we doing international or national? Any airport you want. And I'm going to have to say Atlanta. Atlanta is the worst airport ever. Even though I stuck at Logan, but that, that wasn't, you know, I've never had a problem at Logan. Um, except for the fact that a bird flew into my plane and destroyed the engine and I was stuck there. Um, but Atlanta, I always have a problem in Atlanta. That is literally the worst airport ever. Um, I'm having a hard time just thinking of a domestic airport. We have international uh, listeners. But, uh, so I'm going to say uh, Charleroi Airport in Belgium. Uh, so there's obviously Brussels, which is like the main airport, but there was this tiny airport in Charleroi, um, which for those of you who fly Ryanair frequently, uh, you know, Ryanair flies into only like super small random airports that are like kind of close to other cities. Uh, Charleroi was like, ah, so bad. So we would have to take a train. First, I would have to take the train from Leuven to Brussels, and then from Brussels, you'd have to run and get the train to, I, forget, this may, I don't remember, maybe the final destination was Charleroi, but that was like a two-hour train ride, maybe not that long, hour, whatever, and then you'd have to go and run and try to make a bus, um, and the bus ride was like, you know, another 20 minutes or whatever, and then you would then have to sleep overnight in the Charleroi airport to go make your Ryanair flight for the next morning. Super fun. Wow, that does sound pretty awful. Yeah, right. Have you ever flown Ryanair? Nope. Delta oh all the way. Yeah, but I'm back, so it doesn't matter what you've flown. All right. Cheryl Bartlett and Arnold Coates. Arnold worked as a... Arnold worked at Kroger. Oh, Kroger. I've heard of them. You haven't been to Kroger? No, I've never... You know, Kroger, the actual Kroger company, owns like Food Lion and Teats. He worked at the meat department at Kroger's. He was a very hard worker. He was a butcher? He was a butcher. Oh. That's... That's did creepy. You just call he, he say is it? not the killer. He, he said he he worked in the meat department, oh, and I yeah, said he's yeah. a butcher. <laughs> yeah. All right. He, he lived with Cheryl and their fifteen-month-old son. Wait, are we talking about a killer right now? No. What? Oh, the victim. Oh, these uh, are victims. I thought we were talking about the murderer, and I thought you were saying he was a butcher, and I was like, "Whoa, there." That's guys. Weird. I'm really sad about my album. They all right. It was Aretha Franklin's Ugh. greatest hits. Oh, timely. Mm. Jen. What you want? Jen. Okay, they lived together with their fifteen year old or fifteen month old son and his brother Don. Now they called Arnold 
his friends call him Bud. You know, it's kind of like a country name. Hey, Bud. Bud. That's what I call Bud. him. Bud. Hmm. Bud. <laughs> so it was a freezing night this night. It's always cold Looking in Ohio in these stories. In the morning. It was January. January 27th, 1981. It's freezing cold. He just got off of shift from Kroger and Cheryl, his future wife. They haven't gotten married yet, but did she? he did propose and gave her some rings, or however that works, ring. <laughs> if you want to get I'll let you know. one, that's fine. So I'll let you know, John. We're, she, we're working on it. <laughs> Cheryl walked, this is after midnight, Cheryl walked in the snow to go pick up her future husband. Very nice thing to do. And then they walked back together. And it was freezing cold. So they were like, you know how couples do, like, Did hugging. Did he give her and... his coat? I don't think so. That's rude. I heard that, like, if a guy likes you, he'll give you his coat. What? Why? No. Because it's cold. Well, then he'll be cold. Exactly. He'll sacrifice his heat to make sure you're warm. Yeah, I don't know. Why don't she just bring her own fucking coat? (laughs) 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 So, they're walking together back to their home. And they're all cuddled up, you know, it's freezing outside, getting body heat, giggling, you know. <laughs> and then, what? That's what they do, like, <laughs> you know. It's like you say things, things you laugh. What? That's cute. So, Jen. What? Are you listening to the story? Yeah. Body heat, giggling. So, <laughs> Ooh, there's things that I will never have. Oh, Jen. They, they, Jen. Email Jen at talkmurder.com. Email your dick pics <laughs> to John. No, thank you. No, not a okay, fan. Listen. No dick pics. They're walking. It's freezing. They're trying to scurry back to the apartment they live in. And they were passed by a black man. Taller black man wearing an army jacket. A beanie and stuff. Hmm, sounds familiar. Mm. And he just passes them. They don't think anything of it. But all of a sudden, the guy turned around and pointed a twenty-two caliber pistol right in the face of Arnold. And that changed the night for them. I'd say. Well, yeah. We'll so, a Debbie Downer. Yeah. Womp, womp. <laughs> so they, the killer, <laughs> I think it was Anthony. It may have been Nathaniel. One of them. The brothers. The brothers. They... He's got a gun right in his face, and they're freaking out. But they're in the middle of the street, so like he pub- w- like how public? What time of day is this? Is it midnight? But it's still they're you know in the middle of the street. So they find an alley. Mm-hmm. The killers force them into an alley, and then the other brother gets out with a knife. They're threatening them, and they're basically like, there's a robbery. If you don't do what I say will kill you. I mean, they're probably going to kill them anyway, so... Yeah. The second robber said, I have a knife and I will cut you if you don't do what we say. Hmm. Now, Arnold never saw... Arnold never saw... cut you. Marcus supposed to show up today? He didn't even show up. Girl, I will cut. Yeah. Oh, yes, I did, girl. Arnold never saw the victims because both Cheryl and Arnold could not see... The robbers, because they both had knit caps on, and they took them, both the robbers took their knit caps off and put them over the eyes of their victims behind this alley. Mm. But every once in a while, Cheryl could see for identification, you know, kind of like squinting her eye up a little bit, you know what I'm saying? She could see. 
So their eyes are covered. Thomas only had $2 in his wallet. You know, so he thought, oh, my God, I only got two dollars. These guys are going to kill me. Right. You know, I've always thought about like what, you know, like, is there anything that you can say to somebody if you're being held up? Or You can do what that comedian said. That's a really good idea. You take a fifty dollar bill that you always carry with you, put it in a money (laughs) clip. And then when you pull it out, say, take my money and then you chunk it because they're going to go after it. And then you fucking book it. That was Have a really smart thing John he said. Oh my gosh, you would. Think that was smart as fuck. Funny. Yeah, that is smart. But I was also thinking too. What is like, he gonna kill? He's gonna, he's gonna look for the money. Like, they're, they're robbing you. But to like be able to say to somebody, maybe like you know, like don't. I know that you want to kill me, but if you kill me, the consequences are going to be so much. No, worse. don't say that. It, it depends on how many people there are. If there's one. If there's someone that puts a gun in my face... I would just tell them that my father is Liam Neeson. uh, (laughs) If someone puts a gun in my face, I am most likely going to fucking... Well, we bulldog into I know them what you and would then do, shoot them but 17 could, times I, in the face. I, and then the cops are going to get there and be like, sir, sir, how did his head get decapitated? And I'll be like, self-defense. Okay. I know how, that, why I'm, is there a metal pipe shoved in his rectum? Self-defense. Okay, babe, I know what you would do, but if you're thinking about the average, <laughs> why Joe, are you wearing his face as a mask? Average <laughs> Josephine. <laughs> Buffalo Bill. Like, Okay, I'm. You're still not letting me finish my statement. You have to if let you her were, talk. If you were not, you present, have to let her talk. You have to let her talk. <laughs> if you were not present and I, I was on my own, or if Jen was on her own, and we were both held up at gunpoint, and like, Wait, what I thought we were we, on our own. I mean, you're sep- we're separately. Like, but this is happening simultaneously. And but we're at the same separately, time. separately. That would be really unfortunate be circumstances. Really weird, <laughs> but like we're separate. What are you doing? Uh, getting robbed? <laughs> oh my god! Same. <laughs> Let's like, meet up after and talk about what, you. What would we oh do god. so that somebody doesn't kill us? Kick them in the balls, Omar. Like, I would just be like, you know what? If you kill me, like you're gonna be in jail for the rest of your life. If you let me, they go, don't care about that. They'll if, dump your body. If somewhere you let, like killing me is not going to do anything here's all my money if you let me go you need an incentive to happen to you i'll give them if a fake social security no, you need happen. an incentive so if you kill me then ain't nothing good gonna happen to you but don't say here's all my money because now you're not worth anything say here's the money i have but i have plenty more at my house or something and then can, can you take to me house? to your house <laughs> can you take me or to house? i have more at the atm oh or something God. This reminds me of the time when I first moved in and the exterminators came, but I didn't know they were coming. And so (laughs) they rang the doorbell and I'm like, who even rings doorbells anymore? Like who comes to people's houses? So I like literally like slinked up behind the door and looked through the window and I was like, who the fuck is this? Like, and then they're like, we're here to kill kill your, your bugs. And well, not that we had bugs, but you know, like they would say, we're here to do our inspection. We're here to kill your bugs. They every quarter. Thank goodness. But I didn't know that. So I like literally, I was like um i remember you texted me like, i was like it's okay it's like oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's all like good. should i let them in like are they gonna like rape me or am i okay that sucks that women think about that i don't i don't go out and think about getting raped you know, oh gosh it does which, suck who which book was i reading oh you know what it was aziz i'm sorry 
Um, Modern his, Love, Rum Romance, which yeah, I, is on my bookshelf. I haven't read uh, it yet. Also, his show, though, uh, oh, Master uh, of None. Yeah. So they talked about that in an episode of Master of None, um, where, like, girls, like, you have to think about walking home. Like, you can't walk home by yourself. Like, remember when I was at that wedding, like, I was waiting for someone to be willing to walk home with me. Yeah, I can walk home by myself. You just have to make it look like you're Igor from Young Frankenstein. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> but, like, you just Someone's never gonna attack you know. that you're undesirable. You like, it's very like, smart. No, it doesn't matter. Like, because people, if someone sees someone that's. Yeah, but if they don't know if you're here, person, like, if you don't know, if you don't know what, who, who, what they are, then they're not going to want anything to do with you. Frau Blucher. <laughs> I, I feel like no, none of our fans got that joke. I know. Hump? What hump? <laughs> I, I do love that movie. It is a good one. All right, where did I stop? Um, oh, they were... They were... Um, they were held up at some point. Yeah, and he was like, give me your money. So he only had $2. Oh. And they, $2! Dollars. That sucks. Better off dead. That movie. With John Cusack. Okay, the two robbers, the Cook brothers, forced this couple into an empty garage, a cold, wet, empty garage that was open. Cheryl says, I have some rings that I'll give you if you just don't hurt us. And then kind of like offering to him. And then one of the Cook brothers, Daniel Cook, stole the rings from her, just grabbed them, pulled them right off her finger. Now, the rings were for her engagement. She wasn't married, but they were about to be married. Yeah, I'd be pissed if I had to give that ring up. Yeah. Not that I have it yet, but whatever. They also removed her gold quartz watch. We're working on it. We're working on it. The robber, the Cook brother, Nathaniel Cook, pointed the gun straight in Cheryl's face and said, bend over and drop your slacks. They told... Wait, the guy? No, no, the Cheryl. Cheryl. Oh, I already yeah. told the guy to do that. No, whoa, whoa, so whoa. Arnold, bigger. they forced Arnold to the corner, and they told him to put his hands behind his back. Mm. So, of course, you know what happens. Um, they shoot him. No, they don't shoot him. Okay, then we they don't know what happens. They throw Cheryl on the ground, Nathaniel, and he rapes her. She Did drops she- her her clothes. In front of her fiance. Yeah, in front of, and he's watching the whole time. That sucks. And he, she gets violently raped um, while he's watching. And then the other one, the other brother, takes his turn. Mother. Takes his turn. Same one. Same, their brother, biological I brother. Know, I was. Just, I was... Yeah. He takes his turn on it. Basically, is what he's thinking about. He thinks she's just an it. Object. An object. Just a piece of shit. That's right? awful. She's going to be dead anyway. Woman as other. They rape her violently, pushing her head into the cement of the cold, wet garage, while the brother is watching, waiting his turn so he can have his. Yeah. Gross. And then they, after they rob him, they, they told the couple... They tell her to get up. Get up, bitch. You stupid bitch. Put your fucking clothes on. And now... You're right. This episode is making me angry. I know. It does. Trust me. It gets worse. You know... He tells... Oh, one second. He tells... So now he tells the couple 
to hug, to hug each other as tight as you can. And say goodbye. And then he said, one of the, I think it was Nathaniel, says, you can now call us pretty niggers if you'd like, because we are going. That's what he said. Direct quote. Then they flee. Wow. But Nathaniel turns around and points his twenty two caliber pistol at the couple, fires a shot. Okay, never mind. Boom. And in fact, the reason they made him hug so is because there was only one bullet in the gun. They only had one bullet. And they wanted to kill two birds with one stone. He runs over there, grabs the knit caps that were over their eyes. The bullet went through Cheryl's back. Oh. She survived. Oh. As for Arnold? No. Didn't even penetrate him. It didn't even go through Cheryl. Both couples survived. Wow. wow. To this day, they're both alive. Are they wow. married? Do they live happily ever after? They're probably living happily ever after. That's good. And they, these I'm are, happy. so if you're listening to this, don't go looking these people up. These are, they're living their lives. You know, yeah. I, I try to find them. But that, so were they helpful in identifying them? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now, Can kind I- of, cause it is, it's hard to. It was really hard for Cheryl, after a traumatic experience like that, it's really hard for anyone to pinpoint someone exactly. But later on, when they did a police lineup, these victims that came forward, because there were, you know, six of them. One thing I learned about this book, through this book, was during a police lineup, you have to have a minimum of six subjects. And obviously one is the perpetrator out of six, right? So they would or put them or the suspect. You yeah, the suspect. So they would put them all and throw one of them in, in the six randomly. They all have to be the same race. They all have to be relatively the same size. They all have to be like the same. They, they have to be very closely. The picture has to be taken the same way, like same. Exactly. Background. Yeah. So that that's the rules for doing a police lineup. But so if they do say, OK, because they said number two, which was him, Anthony. You know, number two, that was him. Most of the victims got it right, but they were, a lot of the lineup was the same. I mean, not the same, but they were closely. But did you know there's, there's a, there's some issues with, um, lineups. A lot of, a lot of the time, um, victims don't actually correctly identify their person. That happened in this case. Yeah. She actually. I think it was Cheryl. It made me a mistake. It may be the first victim, but she she pinpointed the wrong hmm. suspect in one of them. That was her attacker. But keep in mind, a lot of times her eyes was closed. You know, she couldn't, and you don't want to look directly at your attacker. And plus, you're it's a traumatic experience. You know, it's it's hard to, but it's so it's so necessary. What if I looked at you like this if you were attacking me? Be weird. And our viewers, our listeners do not know what you're doing. Her eyeballs are like totally visible. All the whites of her eyeballs. It's weird. I think that would kind of intimidate you and like scare you off. Be like, she's not, she's not worth attacking. (laughs) Go go somewhere else. There were also a couple victims that completely got away scot-free without any of the beatings or anything. Really? Yeah. Um. They got totally away. They just robbed them? Yeah. On one occasion, this woman was getting 
was in the presence of one of the Cook brothers about to get abducted, and her brother comes out on the porch, mm. and then he flees. Mm. So they all got they that. So here's what happens: these Frank Styles, the guy that wrote Evil Brothers, the detective that was on the case, yeah, very smart dude. He started because there's multiple homicides that go on, right? And they're all not all related. But he started piecing it together. Okay, what's the MO? Um, robbery. 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 Black. Right. They're African American. Vicious rapes. Vicious rapes. So those are probably all connected. Also, another he one. Al- also does a lot of couples, which is yeah, kind of weird. Yeah. Also, they were sh- uh, thrown in the trunk, a few of the victims. Or the fields. They take their own yeah. car. Yeah. So they always murder someone in an away location, you know? Yeah. The- so these are all part of the MO. Let me tell you about let me tell you about Fat Daryl. Oh, Fat Daryl. Yeah. Fat as in P H A T or Fat as in F A T. F A T. Okay. Obese Daryl. <laughs> Fat Daryl. <laughs> oh, Sorry, you gotta cut that. <laughs> <laughs> Fat Daryl's was the spot. Oh, it's a watering oh, okay. hole. Is it a watering hole? Or a it's not a watering diner? hole, but they had games. Mm. And they had pizza. Oh, yeah. I thought we were talking about pinball oh, at the yeah, beginning no, of us. Well, it's like games. No, we so don't pizza. think we about... Garlic bread. That's what we have. Ooh. Okay, now think about Fat Daryl's. Have you ever been to Chuck E. Cheese's? Yes. Yeah, so where do... Who hangs out there? Kids. Pedophiles. 12-year-old Dawn. Oh, no. Jen. No. Don't do it. Don't do it. I have to, Jen. All right, make it quick. Don't do it. I didn't do it. it these guys. Like she says. <laughs> oh God. Right. Okay. No. Don was. Like, Don, go away. I'm no good for you. All right, Sorry. let me just get it on one. I can't let Don. Don. Ba- Don Backus. She was B A C K E S. Backs, back, Backus. Don was 12 years old. And she was, she was actually really tall for her age. And her, fr- huh? I was tall for my age. Yeah, you are tall. I'm still tall for my age. I'm too tall. Her family and friends described her as beautiful. And always wearing a pleasant smile. She was a good girl, right? She's a good girl. She loves her mama. She loves Jesus. Is it Jesus? Horses and America. I thought it was Jesus. Oh, my God. You're done. Okay, so on the night of February 21st. I both, right? I, February. I, I forget uh, which one. Like, I know those are all like things that she loves. Jesus and, and Elvis. She loves Elvis. Oh. Uh. Yeah, that's the second verse, though. Free falling. Love Tom Petty. All right, listen. Tom Petty. On the night of February 22nd, 1981, her parents, which was her mother and stepfather, they were going to the stepfather's employer's house. They're like friends, you know, just to drink some wine and hang out. And they told Dawn that she can go with her friends to old Fat Daryl's. Which is a spot, I mean, 
Fat Daryl's was a place, kind of like Chuck E. Cheese's, you would drop your kids off and then pick them up in a few hours. There's I mean, other like, parents, other kids there. I don't know. Chuck E. Cheese, you don't usually drop your kids off at Chuck E. Cheese. Like, you usually yeah, have to supervise them. Fully, so, I, I think, think all of them are fully supervised. I think like, you're, I think you're ta- Chuck thinking e. Cheese, more of Dave and Buster's. No, I'm talking about, like, in the 70s, you would drop your kids off because there wasn't psycho murderers running around. Yeah, but even, Ch- like, even in the 70s, Chuck E. Cheese, like, that's, like, four and five-year-olds usually... Eight, maybe yeah, eight. I was young when I had my birthday party there. Me too. I think I was four or five. I actually have a picture from my birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese in my room. The parents, they're going to their friend's house to drink some wine. They tell Dawn that she can go out with her friends. So what happens is the stepfather drives Dawn, picks up some friends of hers, her age, her peer group. What year is this again? 12. It's 1981, February 21st. So they they drop him off at Fat Fat Daryl's and gives her a piece of paper because there ain't no cell phones back in the days. This is the number that you can reach me at. And her instructions were very specific. You're going to get a ride with one of the parents named Peggy. When Peggy goes home, you go home. She's going to take you home. All right. So it's around 730 and they're dropped off. Now, Dawn ended up losing that little piece of paper with oh, the number no. on it. You know, that little number where the parents would be. She lost it. And around 10, she realizes that Peggy and some of the other girls have already gone home. So now it's her and her friends. They, they don't have a ride because their ride left. And not only that, but she can't find that sheet of paper to call her parents and be like, come pick me up. That's kind of irresponsible as a chaperone who's supposed to be taking people home. Well, she's, yeah, I know. When you think about it. Mm -hmm. I would agree. So there was a police officer there. He's an off-duty police officer. You know, you can hire police officers to, so it's a relatively safe environment. He would make sure none but of the kids. Apparently not. He'd make sure none of the kids. Oh, we don't know what's anything stupid. Yeah, can only assume. So, here's what happened. I'm assuming it's it getting late at night. It's getting really late, and Don's parents tries to call. This is why they didn't come pick her up or come home. They're still at their friend's house, Drinking wine. and the mom tries to call the house. To make sure Dawn's in bed and that she got home safe. But, I don't know if you guys remember these days, the line was busy, which means that someone's on the phone. Mm-hmm. In reality, her sister was trying to repeatedly, repeatedly call Dawn to see where she was. That's why the line was busy. They just assumed. So the parents didn't realize that she hadn't made it home. She just thought they were, she was on, Dawn was on the phone talking to her girlfriends like she does every night for hours, right? So, mm. it's getting... Isn't it funny how growing up we would talk on the phone, like, nonstop, and now, like, people don't <sighs> want to talk on the phone. Like, they hate phone conversation. I, I don't like phone conversation either. Like, if I'm talking to someone, sometimes I'll prefer to call them than text, because you lose context via text message. But, like, most people like like to avoid phone conversation now. Mm. It's the cl- decline of our civilization. Well, now we got Snapchat, think, where you can Snapchat your future, boobs. we're going to... Ab- Who's Snapchatting their boobs? I'm saying, people Snapchat their boobs. I'm sorry, who? That's what Snapchat's for, is a boob snapper. No... What, what else is that for? A dick picker. 
Jen, why do you do this to me? What am I doing? We sit here night after night. What were they saying? It's a decline of our civilization. Oh, yes. I think we're going to, our future society is going to evolve into, like, really poor verbal communication. Like, I don't think we're going to be able to, like, verbally speak. Huh. And hold conversations with Interesting. Or, no. like, I don't think we're going to be able to, like, look people in the eye when we, in conversation. I think yeah. everyone's going to, like, I will be, be like, totally on that social media dumb shit. Not be able to speak and talk on the phone. I, I think, I think our communication skills are going to decline I'm hoping incredibly. I'm not, I hope, I, I hope I'm not around to see that. Me too. You know, someone told me once that chickens are going to take over the world because chickens outnumber humans like five to one. Yeah, that's, I also kind of think that dumb. we need to stop eating meat. As we they, they outnumber chicken or humans, but they have no sense of consciousness. And plus, they're on an assembly line. And I have a feather in my hat. I know that, so I probably sound really ridiculous talking right now. <laughs> no matter what. Okay, so you let me. Should stop let's get it. Me. Let's get know. it. Well, they have like like they have like the plant based. Oh, the Burgers like the the thing. lab, or you mean the, like the lab produced meat? Yeah, I think I could totally get behind that. Especially, are you fucking kidding me? You don't know. What the fuck are? Why would you say that word? Cow poots are the biggest methane producers. producers. They are the biggest cause of global warming. Cows. You no, know, I think that's... that's what the fucking car companies want you to believe. Mm. Cows pooting up Let's the fucking global warming. Warming expert out here. Stop pooting out your poot hole. You're fucking killing us all. I mean, I'm not. I, global warming I'm is saying, a thing that has happened numerous times before humans even could you don't whack off. Global warming? The, it's called climate change. The earth freezes. It thaws out. It freezes. This has happened numerous times. I believe it's accelerating, but I believe. It's a cycle. Before humans were polluting and cows are pooting, that rhymes. Huh. It was the the world was frozen over. Then it default the the thaws. That's how it works. Oh, like the ice age, yeah. Yeah, that's how it works. Well, and it does that repeatedly. Mind. Like, well, I I also heard in like fifty years time that Massachusetts is going to have the climate of where we are now. So if we can move back to Massachusetts in fifty years, and we can do our podcast. What we don't yeah. want to happen. Is a runaway greenhouse effect, which humans can cause. That would be very bad because that would mean our surface would not be. Oh my God! It's 100 degrees. It's hot. It'd be 990 degrees. Well, yeah, that's kind of the situation we're putting ourselves in. And you would walk outside, and in three seconds, if you had a pizza, it would be done in three seconds, like a brick oven. But I mean, you would be done too. <laughs> <laughs> extra crispy. <laughs> Who ordered an extra crispy large, John? Yep, yep. John, That's very yeah. dark. Anyway, it's an order podcast. All right, let's talk about this. Let's talk about it. Let's get this out of the way. All right, so it's getting late. Peggy done it's left. Only nine o'clock. No, Jen. Damn it! Listen, to podcast. Oh. It's getting late. Dawn and also, her friends. I can't read military time. Dawn. 21 is 9. I just like, I, can't, I know, but like, I can't think about it that quickly. You just have to look at the clock. Oh, I just can't. Okay, so it's, listen, it's past 1030. Her parents think she's already home talking on her phone. She's the responsible one. She's taking care of her friends. She makes the decision to walk home. Now, they're on the same street as Fat Daryl's, but they are three miles away. They walked three miles already? 
No, they're about to walk. It's three miles away from home. 500 miles and I would walk 500 more just to be the man who walks a thousand miles a day while at your door. Can we we please get in? Okay. Okay, so they decide to walk home. Now they get to a point. They walked home at 12 years old. Yeah. They actually pass a 15-year-old guy named Chris. Him and his friend. Oh my god, Chris. He's John and Chris, they got a nice Camaro. And Do they have eight kids yet? They're, it's after midnight, and they ask him for a ride, but he says no, John because... Kate plus eight, not John and Chris. Jen. Sorry, that was a mix between the Kardashians Jen. and that other show. Reality show. Okay, so listen. Now they're at the point where the girls have to split up. Because Don has to go one way, and uh, then the other two girlfriends have to go the other way. Learn from the first murder because they're friends in the dark. They're on different streets Unless here. You have mace. All right. Wait, like, but how close in proximity? Like a five minute not, walk. Yeah, five minute walk. Oh, that's not too bad. Well, she passed the Toledo uh, University, so. But yeah, mm, I still wouldn't. Yeah, at the university. No, definitely not. No, it's, that's probably one of the reasons they started it. Um. All right. So, there were a couple witnesses that last seen Dawn walking near the university. And, all right, let me just get on with this. This is really awful. Dawn's body was found in an abandoned theater, the State Theater of on Collingwood Boulevard. Um, she was found there... An anonymous call came into the police a few days after she walked home. Now, she's a missing person. Missing teen. 12 years old. Tweet. Not even teen yet. Yeah. Pre-teen. How do they milk cars? Yeah. Jen, listen. Pre-teen. She's missing. Please, Jen. This is a very sensitive one. All right. She, an anonymous caller, calls into the police. Was it the weepy voice killer? And says... Stop. It's a 12-year-old girl I'm going to talk about. Come on. Give <laughs> some respect. Fucking hell. We're drunk. All right. She says... I'm not drunk. The, two call, the caller calls in and says, I want to remain anonymous, but there is a, a girl's body in the state theater. Now, this theater used to be... Well, that's weird that they said they wanted to remain anonymous. Well, they didn't want to get involved in it, but they had to report it. Now, a few days go by, it was two men... The two men actually go into the police station and oh, say, hey, I'm it. the one that reported it. And they, they took polygraph tests. They Two men, though, huh? Yeah, two white men. Oh. They took polygraph tests. The police searched their homes. They were cleared. They were just really shocked to see it. They were down there stealing, because it's an old theater. They want to steal, like, movie posters and old relics of a time when it was... People went to a theater, right? A uh, theater. I mean, this is a theater was banned for 20 years. Now it's torn down. Usually abandoned theaters are haunted. Well, now it's torn down because of this incident. So they, well, um, most likely because this incident had a lot to do with it. But they called in. The police go there. They had to send a fire truck because it's an abandoned state theater. There's no electricity. The fire trucks had to provide light with their floodlights. Did the person in the theater say the word Macbeth? And that's why. Okay, so they found they found 12-year-old Dawn 
brutally raped. Mm. Okay. She was penetrated with a foreign object. Oh, God. Which uh, later the Cook brothers confessed to. And they said the reason they they used a foreign object is so they can damage the vaginal area what? so much the that they wouldn't be able to to have children no not have children but to connect the cook brothers to the murder they they wanted it they didn't want any signs of them being there even though there was semen all over the place both the cook brothers nathaniel and anthony they go here's all right here's how it happens according to anthony he finds this girl walking home him alone he goes, he picks her up, addu- abducts her, throws her in the back of his truck, tells her to keep her head down. He goes to Nathaniel's, the place where Nathaniel, it's an apartment where he's staying at. And he's like, hey, come down here. I got something to show you. They get in his truck. He sees a 12-year-old girl. They go to the state theater, the abandoned state theater, where both of them... Where both of them used to go to steal copper wire. Hmm. You know, stealing copper wire. Copper is expensive, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you steal copper wire. They used to go and strip copper wire there. So they knew the place. They take her down the steps to the room. They throw her up on the table. They violently rape her. They take turns. With a foreign object. No, and then they take a foreign object. And they try to destroy her body while she's still alive. Oh my God. And then Nathaniel throws her on the ground and hits her with a lead pipe. Mm. And then, because the police found the murder weapon, which was not a pipe, but a cinder block. Oh God. And scrape marks from where. Nathaniel and Anthony took turns throwing a cinder block at this 12-year-old girl's head like a fucking baseball. They took turns just throwing it, tossing it over at her head. Her head was completely smashed in. And that's how they left her. I don't believe... Yeah, she was dead. I don't believe in the death penalty, but I don't think I've ever questioned my decision on that more than this story. Well, let me know how you feel about it once we finish this episode. Uh, you know, so both brothers just threw from, just cinder from, block just from this one particular through a cinder block after they violently raped this twelve-year-old girl at this girl's head, and then they threw a cinder block at her fucking head. What the fuck? Yeah, it's, it's almost. I mean, it, we've done a lot of like crazy like weird bizarre and obviously like people die so this is not you know we're a true crime comedy podcast but like this is this is real shit and um when it comes to things like this you know i it's just i don't even have any words yeah like it really goes to show how fucked up people are and you know it it it's not just about these people like we were we threw on something yesterday we weren't really paying attention to it and i noticed it was uh Weinstein Productions and that was uh 
that guy, Harry, you know, Weinstein. That Harry Weinstein, his the producer, who obviously was a huge part of the Me Too movement. Harvey, Harvey. Harvey Weinstein. Thank you. Yeah, Harvey yeah. Weinstein, who is a huge part of the Me Too movement and some one of the people who, you know, had a lot of people speak forward about. And having been sexually assaulted myself and a part of that, like, it's just... it's so wrong on so many levels to be violated in that way and just think that that is okay. It's really, it's really fucked up. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's hard to follow that because I agree, but at the same time, like, there are murders that we do and we can make jokes about it and, and, you know, there are some that I mean, doing this podcast has almost desensitized me, but but there are these certain cases, like even there's this one, like you throw a cinder block at a 12-year-old's head after you have brutally raped her to the point of disfiguring her. It's it's disgusting. Like, I don't even like, like there are the cases, there are the cases we've talked about where I can identify like, okay, well, this person probably had this going on or this person probably had this and you can try to relate and you can try to think of the psychology behind it but this is i mean the the nickname the evil brothers that's mo- most certainly uh relatable for this one because that's literally pure evil throwing a cinder block which is not an easy task cinder block's fucking heavy yeah you know, you know like that's like to uh i i'm literally disgusted like i th- this one and you've walked away at, podcast, uh, at a few of our episodes before. So this one, uh, yeah, it's just is pretty shitty. They deserve whatever it is that got coming to them. So, John, what happened to these guys? Okay, so I'll tell you. Anthony was arrested, finally, because, number one, his family outed him. Oh, oh good. The guy that he dropped the gun off but of. But not his brother, apparently. His brother walked free for about 20 years before Frank... 20 more years? Frank Stiles, the DNA thing I was telling you about, the DNA matches and stuff. They finally... The technology caught up, and finally they got where they could test the semen in some of these victims, and they mapped it positively to both brothers. So Anthony, the older brother, was already in prison... Now Nathaniel was in prison. Years later, there's like no excuse for this behavior. No, I know. Like, did they have a rough childhood? Like, doesn't matter. No, but I'm trying to like understand what was their trigger. Like, what helped them become the evil brothers that they were. We drove to the old state theater and I parked while Nathaniel went to the theater side door and opened it. I then took the girl from my truck and walked her down a ramp to the door. Inside the theater, we took the girl to the basement. The theater was dark and I used a six volt flashlight to see with. I always keep the flashlight in the truck. Nathaniel also had a flashlight. We took the girl into the side room in the basement. We made her take her clothes off and I had sex with her. After I was through, Nathaniel had sex with her. I made her put her clothes back on when we were done. Then I struck her with my fist. She fell down and I picked up a cinder block and threw it at her head. I did not have my gun, so I used the cinder block. 
She was still making noises and gurgling in her own blood. So I picked up the cinder block and hit her again. I wanted to make sure that she was dead. So I rolled the cinder block over to Nathaniel so he could hit her. To make sure it didn't look like she was raped, I took a pipe I found nearby and I hit her deliberately between the legs to make the blood flow in the vagina area. I may have broken the pelvic bone. I did pelvic bone. I did this to discredit any evidence that could be found there. I like ah, it's just fucked up all around. How many? Um, so so one was captured. So the his family outed out one brother, but not the There's other. There's another murder that I didn't get to because I'm just completely thought, sick about I these guys. You said there were more than one. They, like, there was like 20 murders. There's yeah, there are, but one murder that was very brutal that I decided to. If you want to read about it, read the book. I decided to leave it out because they I can't take anymore. Beat a young couple with baseball bats and they throw them in their trunk. Oh my God. So I've decided to leave that out because I'm just sick of these fucking assholes. Um, mm. You know, I'm really sick of these assholes. Um, so I'm, I'm not even going to read their testimony. So, I'm going to put some of the testimonial on the website. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that pisses me off. I was really sick of this case. Jen, can you read this for me? Without getting too pissed. I'll try, but I can't make any promises. This is published August 9th, 2018. What was that? Like 11 days ago? Yeah. 11 days ago? What? No. Nathaniel Cook is a free man. Oh. My God. He's free from prison. Completely well, he free. Was, he was the second one that was captured. He was... Yeah, they captured him, but with a plea deal. They captured the older brother first. With a plea deal, he did 20 years in prison, but now he's out. For how many murders? He he had at least, he was in all the murders, but he was in at least three. And with all the 12-year-old Don Backus, he was the that guy that you're looking at right there. The title is Killer Goes Free. Nathaniel Cook granted release from prison. The guy with the orange jumpsuit is the guy that threw a cinder block at a 12-year-old girl after he brutally raped her, and he's walking around in Toledo right now free. You take a life, you you give your own... Because he went through a... He took three, so fuck you, asshole. He went through a rehabilitation. That's the problem with our justice system I don't believe in that shit. I'm sorry. That's the problem. That's the problem. Well, you call to action? I don't know. This guy... All right, the judge... What do we gotta do? The judge did not want this guy out, but there was no... There was a plea bargain that he agreed to... And the plea bargain was this. The plea bargain was this. His brother, Anthony, is in jail for the rest of his life. Nathaniel gets 20 years, at least 20 years minimum, which he did that time if he was to confess to every murderer and take a polygraph test, which were like, he confessed like seven murders, took the polygraph test. But here's the caveat that I was reading from the book. If he violates any of it, so if someone found a murder that he committed that he didn't confess to, he could get tried for that. Who now, fucking cares? How old is this guy? Th- that's what I'm saying. With new DNA evidence, if any of these web sleuths out there want to try to pin this mur- pin a murder on this guy, 
not in Lucas County, Lucas County, where he committed all these murders near Toledo in a different county, check a different county other than Lucas County. And if you can pin a murder on this guy that he did not confess to, he will be back in prison. But how old is this guy? I mean, like, it takes 70, a... uh, he would be, he would be, uh, 69. Uh, I mean, no, takes... no, 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 no. He was 1958, so he's gonna be 60. I mean, it takes a long time to put somebody in jail, and, uh, like, that's a shitty fucking deal. I mean, on behalf of this citizens is, of is, Toledo. It is what it is. Like, it, yeah, it's shitty, and the victims that were raped and saw their boyfriends get murdered we're at the fucking trial yeah, we're, we're at his release and you know what he didn't show any emotion he doesn't give a shit you just let a fucking monster back out on the street i'm just waiting for him to kill again he's got a mandatory six month work release program then he has to wear an ankle bracelet for 12 months and then he's got to register as a sex offender but other than that he could be fucking killing people and raping people. Because you think he gives a shit? A guy that threw a fucking cinder block at a 12-year-old girl that has killed more people than he even admitted to. You think he gives a shit? He's fucking... He's about ready to do it again. I do have to say... Someone that. take a fucking gun and go and shoot this I, guy. I do have to say, just to play devil's advocate... There's no devil's advocate. This guy needs to fucking burn in hell. talk. All right, so. this, he's the younger brother that, that pretty much was under the control of his own da, That's what everyone says. Because the thing was, oh, he only acted like this when he was around his brother. That is not a good reason. Because now he's back on the fucking streets. And he needs to be in a fucking pen. I don't disagree with you. I'm just... I'm just... And people think like that. I'm sorry. It's just like... This I, guy... don't, I don't disagree with you. You already heard my opinion. I'm just... I just... It was just a thought. I didn't say he was innocent. I didn't say he was a good person. I already had my, I already got up on my soapbox and talked about how they're the devil incarnate, essentially. But I'm just saying, it's an influence. Well, very topical story. I can see why you picked that one. Yeah. So these guy, this guy has just been released a few days ago, and he's rehabilitated. The it worked, guys. The rehabilitation in the prison worked. I mean, yeah, he fucking smashed a 12-year-old girl's head in with a fucking cinder block and raped a few other people. Oh, yeah, you can totally come back from that. And tried to kill people and did kill people. He, he shot Thomas Gordon with a fucking deer rifle four times. But now he's free. He's free. He's, he's a free man because that's our fucking justice system. And it's not the judge's fault. Her hands are tied. The Whoever made the plea deal before her. And the plea deal works like this. It's actually sort of a good thing. Because if you kill a bunch of people and you're going to prison for the rest of your life, you ain't going to say anything. You know, why would you confess to everything? Then the family gets closure. But if you make a plea deal, okay... Because he was, he was supposed to be in longer. Minimum was 20 years. And he hit the minimum. Of course, he's out. But 
the plea deal was him to confess everything. And the reason he confesses everything. Three years for every murder he. Well, the reason they gave him the plea deal was for him to confess everything. So those victims, the family gets closure. They know exactly what happened to their loved one. So I do agree with that. But I do not agree with the fact that this fucking piece of shit is roaming around Toledo, Ohio right now. Waiting to fucking kill someone else. Yeah. So if you live in Toledo, Ohio, I couldn't find his address. He's living with his sister. If you can do better research than me, someone take care of him. I don't know. I'm leaving that in there. He, I mean, to throw a fucking cinder block at a 12-year-old girl, so he needs to be taken care of. He, he needs to not be on this fucking planet. Yeah. Nathaniel Cook was arrested February 13, 1998. His brother... Was had his trial in 1982. Yeah, that's this guy. He would not go to prison if he didn't get caught. He doesn't have any remorse. He doesn't care. He was probably out doing the same thing. The only reason he got caught is because they got the fucking semen sample was positive for both brothers, which is fucking disgusting. Anthony, that big fucking piece of shit is known to fuck his own sisters. Excuse my language. He has been known to have sex with his own sisters. That's That's how much of a fucking great guy he is. Rape? Probably. The book didn't say rape, but sex, yeah. Most likely rape. Oh, well, that's that's interesting background. Yeah, he's a fucking piece of shit. I'm sorry, Jen. This episode is just... I I saw this, and I I couldn't get it out of my mind. I, I wanted to... Get this out there because I feel like people need to know that this happened. Yeah. I wouldn't have covered this if the guy didn't just get out of fucking prison. I know. And the judge is outraged. She doesn't want to let this guy go, but her hands are tied. Mm -hmm. And all everyone else's hands are tied because of fucking plea deal. Right. Which, by the way, I want to point out, the families did agree to the plea deal at the time. They didn't think he would fucking get out in 20 years. But they did agree because they need closure. They need to know how exactly how their family member died, right? So at the time, you know, but obviously, as Frank Style says, this was a awful day, you know, the other day. Very, very awful day. One of the worst days ever when he walks free. Thanks, guys, <laughs> for listening to this episode of Talk Murder to Me. Um. We got a whole bunch of five-star comments and ratings this past week, so keep it up. Help me win my bet against Sean and get us to 50 reviews by September 1st, and we'll see you next time. Catch us on Patreon. Subscribe only $1 a month for exclusive content. It's not told. Talk Unicorns. Welcome to Talk Unicorns with me. Tonight, I'll be talking about how sexy. Can we listen to that during the break? Yeah. All right. So. It's not going to play it. No. No. This story is. Keep Finish going. it. Go ahead. Finish your thoughts. No. <laughs> Why are you trying to get me in drugs? I'm not trying to get you in drugs. You're doing it all on your own. You guys ready to take a shot? Jen, I'm just busting your ball sack. I don't have a ball sack, but thank you. <laughs> Oops. If I did, I'm sure it'd be bruised. Wait, wait, wait. We went over this last time. That's bullshit. 
<laughs> That's bullshit. You'll be fine. No, fuck that. I ain't taking it. All I ain't right. taking it. I'll take it with the shock blaster. That's bullshit. You oh know it's God. bullshit. Babe. That is that is two one. shots. I'm taking double. Dead. So only drink half of it, and then when we have No. Babe. No. So what do you want to do? Pour pour some of it. Don't chew your ice on the microphone. Celtics player. Done. Uh, Done. (laughs) 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 